Yep. Give me a nod yeah, when you're ready. Shooter's ready. Stand by. Hey everybody, I'm Frank Gal. I'm here with my co-host Matt Gunlock, and today our guest is Brendan Soder, uh, Chief Gun Officer retired, and he's the owner of Range Project Group International (RPGI) for short. I ran to Brendan when I shot the blackout match up at Shadowhawk. Uh, that was a few months ago. Ran a really great, fantastic match, uh, really quality, and his his crew obviously knew what they were doing. So uh, I asked him afterwards if he would want to come and be interviewed by us, and he agreed. So, Brendan, thanks for uh, hopping on here. A quick introduction from you, your military background, uh, a little bit of your competition shooting experience, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about RPGI. Excellent. Yeah, hey, guys, appreciate you guys having me on the show. Uh, again, you know, I'm coming from about 21 years, almost 21 years of special operations. Uh, started off in the Ranger Regiment. Um, down in 175, and then ended up retiring out of seven special forces boards, Charlie through seven, which has been called a couple of different names the commanders in extremist force or the crisis reaction force. Basically, it's a uh, theater mission force for South Tom, uh, the South Tom Airline. But really good time out there, had blast. You know, I can't complain about my military time. I was around some really great individuals and some teams. And uh, again, man, it was a privilege for me to serve. Um, background wise, for shooting, uh, I started by shooting IDPA, uh, <laughs> shooting IDPA. <laughs> so, did, so did I, man. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. In Peru, and I had no idea what was going on. And, uh, you know, I did some military competitions. Uh, Southcom puts on a uh, military competition called Forces Commando. And uh, after that, I got into three gun. And uh, now I'm big into USPSA and doing specialty type matches like the soft match and like the blackout series. So, USPSA, we run that. We have a club uh, for that. We have a club for Steel Challenge. Um, and then we run, you know, multi-gun stuff, you know, like the soft match and the blackout series. So it's been it's been really cool. And, you know, again, background on shooting. Uh, I was the guy I thought I knew how to shoot when I first started, you know, coming from special ops background. And I always say the same story. I was in a foreign country shooting a match and a guy that looked like a Hispanic Harry Potter uh, <laughs> with a CZ... <laughs> crushed us off the DEA, all the guys from the acronym places out of the embassy. And that's when I decided that I was going to get into competitive shooting. And uh, so after that, I felt like it was a very, very well-balanced enhancement for, for marksmanship skills inside of the unit. And uh, that's pretty much it, man. I just started going. I didn't stop. You know, now I'm running matches and shooting matches. And uh, I'm a grandmaster in PCC um by the skin of my teeth <laughs> and uh you know i shoot carry optics now i'm on class in that right now until two weeks from now and then i have an open gun that's open minor if that makes any sense it doesn't make any sense but nice. you get the point yeah so yeah that's me hey uh so i i got a question because you said you know when you, you you were one of those guys that you know thought you knew everything about shooting 
just due to your background. It was much of the same for me. You know, I saw Three Gun Nation on TV and I was like, oh, I could do this. This is easy. I know how to shoot. And then you get yeah. out there and you're like, you you get humbled really quickly. Uh, what what kept that drive going um, to continue going back there? Because a lot of people, you know, you have a lot of egotistical people in the military that when they get humbled that bad, sometimes like they they don't want to show back up because they're they're embarrassed but you know some people take that as i'm gonna get good at this and some people take it as fuck this um how, how did you know what kept that drive going well you know at the time you know i was in a unit that required um high level marksmanship and i, I always saw people go out to the flat range and do the same kind of drills uh when i saw that guy shoots course fire his name's Galo Moreira. he's like top three in South America, by the way, really, really good shooter. He was so efficient and so smooth. And I, I looked at that, I was like, man, I want to be like that. And uh, I got my ass handed to me at the match. But, and, you know, it's like getting in an ambush. You either turn into the ambush and fight your way through it or you tuck tail and run. I'm, a, I'm not a guy that tucks tails and runs, man, so I just turned into it. And uh, you're right to the point where there's special operations guys all over the world. You know, I've, I've trained, uh, trained with and done stuff with tier one guys from other countries. And their operators will not step foot on a competition range because of fear of getting beat by somebody who isn't them. You know, they doesn't meet the, the build of them or look like them or, you know, have the same job as them. But, you know, if you do it and you get better and you fight through it, like you'll be better than, you know, it'll make you only, you know, 10 times better than what you were. There's no, there's no military training for that. You know, there's no school that's going to get you, you know, that, that good. We always hired outside guys. We hired world champion shooters like Casey Sabio to come in and train us. You know, um, guys like that, you know, would come in and train us. Frank, uh, Frank Garcia from down at Frost Group would train us. I mean, mm-hmm. those guys weren't, you know, those guys weren't operators, you know. And, and then I would tell the guys in the unit to, hey, man, go compete. Go get your butt handed to you for a match and it just get better, you know. So it's, a, it's definitely ego driven, you know, with the guys in the units. But once they get over it, like me, I got over it and I just kept taking a whooping, man. And, uh, you know, eventually, eventually I got good enough to where my name was mentioned in the top, you know, top five, you know, maybe top three. And then I was winning matches. So, um, and then at work, you know, with the stress test that we would do or going to do CTB in the house, man, I just had a different flow than everybody else. Uh, and so did the guys that would compete with me from the company. So I've always, I've always advocated, always advocated for competition shooting for the guys in the military and law enforcement. So it was a big, big, big takeaway for me. I thought it was awesome, man. Yeah, that's fantastic. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say, you know, kind of looking at the the bios of all your instructors and, and some of your staff, they're operationally experienced, but also shoot at the master and GM levels in USPSA. What's the balance in operational and competitive experience that you look for, uh, look for from your staff? So all of my staff members, one, one thing, to think about is that all the staff member guys these are guys that you know before shooting or even during shooting I've, I've taken i've taken a lot of time to put into them as a friend or you know built that rapport and trust and i put a lot into them you know training them and some of the guys are special forces guys from charlie through seven from my own unit and uh, what i look for are people in the staff i want people to to be able to build rapport maintain rapport with the shooters with the with the students for training you know, I, I don't welcome tough guy talk at the range. I don't let people, you know, tough guy talk about it. Hey, I'm a Green Beret and I do this and I, I don't, we don't care about that, yep. you know. And uh, 
And that's a big deal, man. If you're going to be in the staff with RPGI, we want you to be a people person. You know, we're, we're not in the gun business. We're in the people business. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to take care of people. We want, you know, I want the guys to have the same vision that I have, which is to grow the, the shooting community. You know, even we're looking for people who are not really sure they want to get into it. We want to bring them out. We want them to feel welcome. So I, I recruit people into the staff like that. And, you know, to be in the staff, you got to be a good shooter. You, I, I can't have a guy running, you know, running shooters out there that he doesn't, He's he can't get competitive. He can't show his skills off because he has no skill. It's right. bad business. Yeah. So the guys are legit, you know, and they come from different backgrounds. I mean, I have a, I have a guy in there that's a government contractor who works on the most expensive airplane in, you know, in the U S air force. And he's just so, so smart. And, uh, he's almost 60 years old and he's got moves, man. You know, he's really fast. He's really, really smart, really efficient. He can run, uh, run shooters. He can compete. And uh, just an awesome all-around guy. And then I have a new staff member. This is a junior shooter. Uh, she's she's too young to you know be a an NRA certified instructor. But you know, put her you know put her in front of people, have her demo, and, and talk to folks. And you know, she's a she's about to get class. I mean, she'll probably bump up to end class. But again, that's we're trying to grow shooters from the ground up out here. And, uh, and that's what we're doing right now. And I think that's the big thing. The big takeaway is that really trying to take care of people and bring people in that can stand in front of folks and you're not like, hey, this guy's going to gonna run somebody off, you know, tough guy talking. We just we don't welcome that at all, you know. So. No, I like that aspect because nobody wants to go to the range and get bullied by somebody who thinks that they're a tough guy when, you know, they, they want to have somebody that can totally just mesh well. You know, like you said, it's a people business and you got to be able to mesh well with people. Um, talking about the staff, uh, are your instructors like based out of Florida or are they all around the country? They're out of Florida. I got a couple of guys in Virginia that will help me out uh, from time to time. But the RPGI, the main staff, they're out of the Panhandle, Florida. So in and around Eggman Air Force Base. Um, and that, you know, we have the farm that we run all of our training out of. That's a way for us to get together. And, you know, if there's some new technique that I want to teach these guys for a class, we can all bring them all together right in one spot and then go over stuff. We, before we have a class, we all link up and we talk about what the class is going to be. And we do a couple of demos and make sure that everybody's, you know, Hey, they have the right mentality for what this is going to be. And, and we have to, we have to also think, you know, with our guys, they're also, you know, they're operational guys, you know, but they're also competitors. So, you know, some classes are competition based and some classes are tactical based, right? So it's, you know, have to be very careful, make sure that they're switching gears in between the both, you know, uh, and they don't show up with competition gear for a CQB course or, you know, super tactical gear for a competition course. And, okay, let's, let's make sure we have the right stuff. So there are two sets of gear basically we have, you know, one for, you know, the tactical stuff and then the other for, you know, competition, USPSA, practical shooting. Uh, so it's a lot, man, but I've, I've definitely made some friends for life with the staff, uh, putting a lot into that. You know, I try to take care of them the best I can, you know, and uh, they're, they're awesome, man. I can't say enough. It takes a really good staff to do 99% of the things that we do out here. It's all about the team. So what does your typical clientele look like? Ooh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. So, um, as you know, I'm in the Panhandle and I'm next to 30A. So 30A has a high concentration of very wealthy people, mm-hmm. right? That have money to do anything. So I would get a phone call on a Monday from a movie star that wants to shoot guns like Terran Tactical and has $5,000 to train five of their friends. And they don't know anything about guns. 
So I got that to the guy that I'm an M-class shooter. I heard you could beat me down for a day and put me through this exercise that you have called Stage Builder. Uh, here, 500 bucks, let's do it. I have 2,000 rounds. I want to shoot it all in one day, and I want to train till the sun goes down. You know, I, everything in between. So there's two extremes that we have, you know, and, and we welcome them all. Like, we don't, we don't turn them away. You know, we, we got something for everybody, I would say. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, you go, Frank. Um, that's great. That sounds like you guys are customer uh, focused. It's not, not everyone in the gun industry is like that. I guess when you started RPGI, um, the tactical and competition worlds are usually looked at as, uh, as separate. When you founded the company, did you have a vision that involved like the tactical and competition worlds, like being within the same company? Uh, is that something that evolved as your company grew? So I always knew I wanted to run competitions. Being a competitor, I would go around and I would see different aspects of other matches. I'd say, hey, you know, that that's something really cool. I had a lot of fun doing it. And, it, and I remember it was, all right, I, it was more of an experience than it was a competition at times. So I thought, like, hey, man, wouldn't it be great if I could provide that kind of experience for folks? So my very first match that I ran was a soft match. And I ran it at my old range, uh, which was called Range Project at the time. And um, – Man, we only had, I think, 50 to 55 shooters, but it was it was a mixture between, like, three-gun and, like, USPSA kind of feel with some physical stuff and added in a bunch of drop guns. And at the time, I thought, you know, hey, you know, the business model that I had was training and consulting for the government. You know, like, when I get out, I'm going to do this, you know, and I'm going to have this, you know, government uh, contract company that I could, you know, I could do work with. Um, so... You know, running pistol training, running rifle training, all the boom matches get thrown in there. Like, hey, you know what? I kind of like running matches. So I started running matches in, what was it, 2019. And uh, I think we're almost at 90 right now. 90 matches ran. And uh, I, I, that kind of morphed into that. Like, where it's like, hey, I'll run a match. We had fun. Wait a couple months, run a match. And now it's like run a match or two every month. You know, and uh, so between that and the training, and then we still – I think I did my first government contract right after I got out of the army uh, in January last year down in Costa Rica. So, you know, RPGI is set up to do just about everything, you know, but matches that matches is where we have fun matches is where we promote our training. We recruit people that want to get better, you know? And uh, so through the match, the matches are like a marketing, you know, marketing aspect and then also fun. And then the training is where we actually can survive and make, make our finances right to keep it going. So Nice. Now, you know, kind of continuing on with the matches thing, when did you introduce the night matches into the rotation and how often do you run those matches and at which locations? So we first had the idea for a night match. It was, uh, I want to say the first one we did was a Friday night lights where, you know, uh, the lights, we would, we would basically have the uh, solar lights out on the range. It was just enough low light where people would come out and they could see what they were doing, but they would definitely need a white light. And I think that was 2020. I think we did the first one for that. And that was a hit, man. I think we almost had 100 shooters. We had guys coming down from Fort Bragg. We had people coming from everywhere. And as a master director, I was like, holy cow. You know, and at the time, you know, the first one, uh, you know, obviously, you know, being in the military, you've done a bunch of stuff at night. But now you got other humans, you know, you're responsible for their, your safety, security. So, you know, that was a wildfire man i was like holy cow man this is something that's really a lot of people had so much fun man so 
we started off doing that. I think we're almost at 18 right now. So we run that blackout match here in uh, the Panhandle at Element Training Complex. Uh, we run it uh, up at Shadowhawk. And then I'm looking for one more venue, probably North Carolina or South Carolina to run that out of. And uh, I got some ideas, you know, but it's been a hit. Um, man, the blackout, you know, the Friday Night Lights, that kind of match format has been a hit. We do it different, too. We don't – you could basically shoot any gun you want. Like, we just do all paper targets, a CQB format, and you can shoot any gun you want. So it opens it up to all the guns, you know, all the guns. So – no, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. You know, not many venues really give you the opportunity to do those night matches. And, you know, me and Frank have said it a few times now, uh, when it comes to night matches, like you really see your faults in your ability to operate at night. And it's, I remember the first night patrol I ever went on, my NVGs went out in the first five minutes. So it's like, okay, how am I going to solve this problem? And that's all you're doing. You're solving a problem. So we, the night matches have been a good, like you said, a good test of equipment. We added in the blackout series because there was guys that wanted to run their night vision. The Friday night lights really wasn't, that's how we had, we had to morph that into a blackout because the Friday night lights had so much artificial light that if you put a set of nods down on your face, they were washed out on the course of fire. And mm -hmm. uh, when we did that, we were able to incorporate not only white light divisions. Now we got these NBG guys coming out. You know, either shooting passively, you know, through their optic or shooting active aiming techniques with their IR lasers, um, which was a nice setup. You know, so I felt like, hey, the blackout series, this is going to be it. This is what it's going to be. And we're going to start running that, uh, you know, in the region. And then I got an idea to run it in another country right now. But we'll get to that. <laughs> so uh, during the match that you ran at Shadowhawk, I noticed that a lot of the stages had an element of physical exertion. You throw um, a kettlebell in one. There's a rucksack, another one. And I'll be honest with you, Brendan, I walked through my plan for that stage. And then when I went up to shoot, you like handed me the rucksack. I was like, ah, son of a bitch. It, it changed everything. I was like, oh, I'm going to lean back across this like really awkward position. No way. No way in hell with that rucksack. And I ended up taking the long way around. Um, so, and I've noticed a lot of your classes in include these like stress-based inputs as well. Um, do you see endurance as a vital counterpart to marksmanship? It is, you know, and so we don't really get that too much in USPSA. USPSA is like, it's a gentleman's sport, right? Yeah, you got to be fast on your feet. You have to have your movement right. But you're not going to have a guy that's wearing a jersey shooting a $6,000 gun, wear a rucksack, and, hey, go, this is your start position. Uh, but what I think is, you know, when we do the classes, we, we always culminate with, you know, courses of fire, stress tests, or whatnot. It's a, I could teach you how to shoot on a flat range and press a trigger without disturbing your sights. And uh, that's fine, right? When there's no no stress, your heart rate's down normal. But as soon as your heart rate goes up and you get a little bit of stress, you have to really focus on those kind of things that, that matter, like sights and trigger. And uh, people find out really quick that as soon as you introduce just a little bit of physical activity, things change quite a bit. You know, And we teach three different types of trigger presses. It's very, very basic things that I teach on the range, but they'll, they'll definitely carry over. And a lot of guys will default back to the most deliberate type of trigger press we call it the prep and squeeze. And uh, when your heart, your heart's pumping Kool-Aid, man, that's, that's the way you're going to get your hits. So we do that to show people like, Hey, if you wanted a real world, like a real world experience, you know, and you guys know from being downrange, like your heart's pumping Kool-Aid, man, you know, you're not on a flat range doing ready up drills and perfect, you know, perfect scenario. So we do that to kind of show people, you know, Hey, this is high stress level. This is what you would actually perform at. You'll rise to your level of training. You're not going to rise to the occasion. 
So that's it. That's kind of what we put out in the classes. The no tough guy talk, just simple that like, let's, let's go through and get you stressed out a little bit and see what you do. So when it comes to designing these night matches, are there some ch uh, challenges that you'll simplify or alter because it's like uh, the first time for some of your competitors? It, it, it always seems that in no matter what state, where I'm at, somebody's very first match, they want to shoot the night match. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, I love you, buddy, but why? Um, no, it's cool, man. The guy, the guys are really cool, but there is, there are some very unique challenges with setting up a night match. First, it's one of the most dangerous things you'll do, you know, shooting in close proximity to other humans in the middle of the night, you know, CQB style stuff, you know, as opposed to you know skydiving in the middle of the night with a rucksack between your legs and every person in the air is trying to kill you once you come under canopy. Uh, so the aspect. You have to design courses of fire that are they're they're simple enough to where there's they're simple enough where there won't be any uh, any risk involved. And then when you have risk, you try to do things to mitigate that risk. I you know use a chem light to mark the edge of a wall or something you know. And we found out quick that marking you know marking wise color coding that was a good thing. And just you know giving somebody an idea where the edge of a wall is or where a fault line is, you know. And uh, so we we have to use extra extra stuff about you know about how to like make that better so there's there's definitely you have to simplify things sometimes but we've gotten a little bit better i think in course course design where it's like hey we still want the uspsa technical challenge and i know you got you guys saw that in that match there was still some technical stuff in there but not so much so where you're like hey this could be dangerous for a very new shooter um so we, we have to make it shootable by everybody because you inadvertently you're going to get somebody who shows up and I've had people say, hey, man, why don't you screen for if it's a first-time shooter? It's like, hey, man, we need the money for the match to run the next one. <laughs> we, we take that money and we feed it back into the next match. So turning away one shooter could be the difference between, you know, extra trophies for somebody. But so we take care of those guys with the ROs. And the ROs are very well experienced under night vision, and uh, they know what's going on. So having, the, having a good staff is, like, also very critical to that aspect. and They know what they're doing. So that's, that's been my lifesaver at this point yeah you're having continuity staff for that match specifically like you were you were our uh brendan for our squad um and honestly i think we were that that entire squad was just over overachievers because it was the entire marine corps shooting team and then we had you yeah. as our ro um, it was awesome. but, but having you rotate around with us that, that was really like never at any time where we're like oh we, we have no idea what's going on because you did all the briefings and you obviously designed all the stages, um, but all your staff did a fantastic job as well. Um, can we uh, can we pry some details out of you in terms of what we may expect for this day and night uh, match? Oh yeah, coming yeah, in April. Yeah, of course, man. I'll give you some intel. Um, so, so we run this thing called soft match, right? And uh, you know, the physical aspect of a soft match is like we'll get you gassed up, kind of like kind of like tactical games, but you're actually doing technical shooting, right? So you'll do the USPSA style stages, but there's going to be something that's going to dog you out a little bit before in the daytime. So we'll have a little bit more of a challenge on the physical side during the daytime, you know, and, uh, you know, in terms of sleds and, you know, probably a mannequin and uh, more rucksacks and uh, things like that. But then at night, we're going to lessen that. We're going to lessen that up a little bit, change the stages around, and it'll be more like the match that you shot at night. So it's a blackout match at night mm. and then a soft match pretty much in the daytime. And uh, I'll send you some link for the soft match. I got a promo video getting set up for it to kind of give you an idea of what that looks like. But it'll be 
kind of like that. So dog you out in the daytime and then we'll tune it, tune it down just a little bit because of nighttime stuff. We want to make sure that, you know, guys are safe and it's not too much. So, uh, physical in the day and a little bit less physical, but still technical at night. Um, and I might have some other weird things in there. I'm, I'm trying to get props built to put on the trailer before I go up specifically for that match. Nice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I hit up some of my, I have some shooter friends up from North Carolina. Um, everyone, like I've, you know, talked about this match. I told you put on, you guys put on a great match and uh, some people come from out of state just to shoot it. So yeah, we got time. guys coming from Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina. I had a guy sign up from New York. He, uh, I don't know if he's, yeah, I think he's coming out. I think he and a couple of buddies, but there's, I mean, dude, it's strong and a pretty good, spread of people man I, i'm i'm really happy about that that's kind of what we want we want people to see the legitimacy of what we're trying to do and we put our heart and soul into it man it's not you know the guys will go out there you know Corey, my main guy uh cory you know he's going off to be an 18x uh 18x rate candidate in the army shipping off here in, what 10 days mm-hmm. you know he's a big part of the staff but you know him and i man we'd be out there you know almost to the point of vomiting, you know, we haven't eaten anything, we're running up here, caffeine, just building out everything, man, for two days straight, you know, and uh, so we put a lot of work into that and, uh, you know, nailing in spikes in the mountains of West Virginia is not the easiest thing in the world. So no, definitely but, not. But we have, we have a good time doing it, man. I, I love it. I, I can't, I can't say anything bad about it. It's definitely been a passion. It's turned into a passion of mine, you know, building matches and running them. Yeah, the, the quality of your match, like that, that passion, everything clearly comes through in the quality of the match. And I would say also, it's great to have options out there for nighttime matches. Um, I've shot several in North Carolina. I shot a Griffin group. They do a night match. Um, I've done your night match. I did some with the shooting team. They all have their own different flavors, but I think people like the fact that there's stuff out there that exposes them to different elements of shooting at different, like, like you said before, all the static range stuff, like we got to get away from that. Uh, we got to progress. We got to add fitness to it. We got to add, you know, technical USPSA shooting. So yeah, huge, huge fan of what you guys are putting out. Now speaking of being out here in West Virginia and, you know, you guys are out of Florida. How did you develop that relationship with Lynn, Lynn and Randy at Shadowhawk defense? And then, you know, what are some important aspects of the relationships that you have as a match director and range ownership? Man, that's a, that's a good question, but I would just answer with happenstance. I, I happen to be uh, in Northern Virginia. I was looking for a job when I, I was on my terminal leave and I was up there shopping around for different, different government uh, contract companies to hold my clearance. Right. So, you know, when you get out of the military, if you have a secret or a TS, you could find somebody to sponsor your clearance and then you owe them work. And this time I had a plan to go work for a government agency. And then I decided against that and go into contract world. So I'm up there shopping around and I brought all my guns up because I always travel with my guns. And just in case there's a match that needs to get shot, you know, I have it, I can do it. You know, no excuse. Right. And uh, I saw that there was a match in uh, Shadow Park and I was like, man, I've never been there. So I started asking friends about it. And they're like, man, you know, Randy and Lynn, those guys are, are really nice or, you know, like this and like that. And uh, I remember I remember going up there and I was like, that's a two guy. This would be fun. And I ran into some guys that I knew and shot the match. And I met Randy and Lynn and they were just so, so nice. And at the time, I'd already been running the, I think I started running the blackout. Yeah, I had ran blackout that year a couple of times. 
And I said, hey, guys, so can you shoot at night here? Can you do X, Y, Z? And I was looking to expand outside of the panhandle. And uh, they said, yeah, we, we could do that. I was like, what do you guys think about me running the match out here? And uh, they said, yeah, we'll talk about it. So I waited a couple months. I went down to Costa Rica, went to Trinidad. I ran a match in Trinidad, came back. And I remember I emailed Lynn. I said, hey, I want to run. Remember, I, I talked to you guys about running a match. And, uh, you know, this is what I want to do. I got an email reply of like, absolutely not. <laughs> I, was, I, was like, I was like, hey, this is the guy that came and shot the two-gun. I won the two-gun match. And like, oh, okay, hey, send your stuff over. <laughs> so I – Sent over everything that I had, like all the matches I ran, uh, my insurance policies, everything. And they were like, at first, it was funny because I kind of took them by surprise because, you know, most of the time guys will run out here. And this is this is a thing that you'll learn, like you'll talk to folks and uh, they'll literally not have insurance, not have like any experience. Oh, I just want to go do this thing. And uh, I think at that time we had a bunch of matches under our belt. So right away, the credibility went up. And uh, from there, the rapport, just like the rapport with those guys was super high. And I always maintain that, you know, for me, I treat them, I treat them like gold. Like I would never like put them in a position, uh, you know, if you don't want to, you know, that's the thing with being a match director and running matches in different places, that organization or that company uh, or the owners, they need to know and trust that you know what you're doing. And uh, they're not, there are no spring chickens. They know what's going on. They know how to run matches. And I remember, like, you know, the first time I ran a match out there, they were like, holy cow, you could, you could run a really good match. And I was uh, – they don't thank me, thank the staff, you know. And the staff was really good on that match. So, right away, I made believers out of them, uh, the first blackout match we ran up there. And uh, that's how you got to do it, man. You got to lead, lead with credibility, and you got to be competent in what you're doing. Um, people want to see uh, – they want to see what have you done. So, what – What's your stats? How many matches have you ran? Do you have insurance? I mean, they will ask right away, right off the rip, hey, do you have insurance? And most times these guys are like, well, no, I just use the Rangers insurance. Like, no, we carry insurance. Mm. You know, we, we take that liability off the Rangers, which makes it easy for them to say yes. And then when we say, hey, here's our stats. Here's how many matches we ran. Oh, by the way, all of my guys are, are uh, USPSA ROs certified. And they're like, holy shit, really? I'm like, yep. So we, we leave with that. And then it lets people – it, it takes them down a notch, you know, it makes them comfortable with what we're doing because shooting the night matches is not a normal thing Mm-mm. at all. So, but, yeah. yeah. So we, we've interviewed match directors before. Um, usually they're local, but you, you do stuff all across the States. You do stuff internationally out of all the matches that you put together. Um, is there one that you consider like the crown jewel, like your staff just came together? It was like, as you said it before, it's an experience for everyone where you felt like it really cohered as an experience and everyone came away from it, no incidents. And um, it just kind of ran as, as you planned it. The soft match of 2021 was one of the best matches we ran. I think, you know, we won, it was hot as piss out there. And uh, we had uh, one of the sponsors that, that sponsored us was Poise Hydration. And man, mm-hmm. you know, we drank all of that hoist that they sent. The staff survived. I, I was literally going out. Re, I, filled, I refilled all of the, the five the five and 10 gallon coolers with water, I think three times during the match. And I gave everybody, uh, every one of the ROs in that match, I think I had 30 ROs for that match. Everybody got, had like four of those hoist, hoist drinks and they were, we survived off hydration, you know, and it was crazy, but we all came together. And you can usually tell, what I feel like you can usually tell the match was really good 
that that time when everything's over, you've passed out trophies, uh, you've done a raffle, you've shaken hands with everybody, and now people are just hanging out. Yeah, you know, it's a vibe, and uh, man, holy cow, like that's stateside. So stateside, like man, everything went really good, and people now you just got like, hey, you ain't got to go home, but you know, you can't stay here, kind of thing. <laughs> But that's an indicator, you know, people had a really good time and it was an experience and people, people really talked about that match. It was like, there's people, uh, you know, in California talking about that match. There was, you know, Zach Smith had uh, come out and shot it. You know, he's a highly ranked, you know, rifle shooter um, in, the, in the country. And he came out and shot it. He's like, holy shit, that was, that was freaking amazing, you know. Uh, so soft match 2021, definitely a good one. Um, I had some adversity in Columbia. Uh, where I had a shooting range lined up for this match and planned this whole thing out. I had shooters from the embassy. I had shooters from ODAs coming out. I had shooters from the Colombian military, law enforcement, and competitive guys coming out. And at the last minute, and this was during filming of the documentary, as I'm going into country, uh, the range falls out because I can't do it on the military base. So now I have two days to find a range and build a batch on the ground. So that was kind of interesting. But it all came together as well on that one. Um, at a smaller scale than a soft match. Soft match had almost a hundred people shooting it. So, uh, mm-hmm. versus, you know, 30 guys, you know, in USBSA style, but it's been real, man. I mean, we've, we've learned a lot of lessons. We're still learning things too. It's not, you know, I probably, I could probably predict that I'll learn, you know, you know, another 10% of things this year, just because by virtue of running the type, type of matches we're running, I, I learned a, a ton running a USBSA level two, uh, last year, 9-11 mm-hmm. match. And uh, there's a lot of things I didn't know that I didn't know. You know, you, you get to that point where, you know, you have to sit back and, and try to take it all in. And, you know, there's there's bad decisions and there's worse decisions when it's come to running matches sometimes, you know, and, and there's just a lot of you got to use judgment. And uh, based on some experience, you can get away with things. And sometimes you're you're just you just get bad luck, man. You know, and one thing, one this last match we ran, we just ran the Blackout CQB Championship. It was the hardest match we ever ran. Not because of the people, it was because of the conditions, man. We had, mm-hmm. um, I think we got like an inch and a half of rain or something crazy out here. Jeez. And it was raining during the match. But I told, I mean, I was getting 50, I had 50 phone calls on Friday night before the match kicked off of people asking if I was canceling. We're Rain or Shine organization. We're Rain or Shine. And you know, man, like it sounds tough to say that, but I'll say this as cool as I can. It's really hard to live up to that. You know, it's really hard to live up to that, but we do it. You know, we do that. And I tell the staff all the time, like, hey, bring rain jacket. <laughs> you know, and they call me the rainmaker for a reason. You know, <laughs> every time I show up, man, it's just raining. But we won't we won't cancel a match for the rain and the weather. If it's lightning and you know something's not safe, then you know I'll have to, you know, postpone or, or put something on hold. But we run the matches in the rain. Uh, if it snowed here, I would do it in the snow. Um, you know, guys know that they know what they're gonna get when they come to the match. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, the conditions are pretty great. So um, we're nearing the end of the interview, man. Uh, we'll turn it over to you. What's in the future for RPGI? What are some other things that you got? And you can talk about what you got going on as an individual shooter and uh, what your company is also working on. Yeah, so uh, I guess I'll start with uh, with the team first. You know, I'm I'm a team based guy. Um, right now, we're in. We're, we're always trying to build a bench on the team. We're running the RO course. Uh, Troy McManus is coming down from USPSA uh, here in March. We're going to run the RO course. I'm going to try to develop more ROs for the panhandle and try to pull a couple of those guys into the team. Um, with that, you know, I, my goal for the team is to get 
more guys classified. I want them to get make it to the uh, M class level. I'm trying to get uh, Max Michelle to come in and work with a bunch of guys out of the team. Um, so I think that's going to be a good thing for us. Um, the farm where I do all the training out of, I have uh, actually got a bathroom going in and, and septic system. So, you know, we don't have to do any like military training using the bathroom <laughs> out there. But, but uh, you know, people don't mind it. But, you know, it gets to a point where it's like, you know, you have I got electricity out there in the shop. I got a bathroom now that it'll be working here uh, next week. And uh, I have six action bays. So my goal is to get two more bays out of that and then have all that kind of set. Um, and that's, that's just for the, you know, for us, our training and the team, the team goes out there whenever they want. Um, and then, you know, for myself, you know, I just, I don't really want to tell people this is kind of top secret, right? Uh, G14 classified, but I started shooting carry optics. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I got a, I'm a rifle shooter by trade, and then I've been running uh, PCC for a bunch of times. I have the open pistol, but, you know, my goal right now is to, like, try to go out there and beat ass with a, with a plastic pistol. So I have a, yeah. a SIG, uh, what is it, SIG Max Michelle, you know, with a bunch of skateboard tape on the back end of it and nice. all that stuff. So we're going to see what that does. But that's pretty much it, man. Just to keep banging out the matches. I'm shooting a level two every, every month. Um, you know, and uh, run training for the team, you know, and, and kind of mentor these guys and build the community out. That's, that's really it. And then the other thing that we got going on is really interesting. I'm still trying to figure out how to get it out to the, to the masses is uh, we got this documentary called shooting international. And uh, just think like Anthony Bourdain with guns, right? So we, we've already filmed in Trinidad. We filmed in Colombia. We just, just filmed in Brazil uh, back in November and uh, so that's that's out on the Make Ready TV platform. We're trying to get that off the ground and, and into a network. Um, and then this year, we're looking at two more countries to go into, kind of to do like two more, two two uh, episode you know runs on that. So that's been going really good too. And it's very interesting. So we've we've had a lot of fun and and we've run into some things with that as well. So mm. that's been good. Very okay. very funny, but not go to jail kind of things. <laughs> I'll talk to you. I'd like to talk to you offhand after after the show. I can probably link you up with some people in other countries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're always we're always looking for new places to go. I'm, I'm looking at Costa Rica and uh, Costa Rica and maybe Paraguay this year. We'll see. So those two places would be kind of cool. No, I'm cheating. I'm going back to places I've already been. So I already have somewhat of a network. I just have to like, you know, not go to jail when I'm there with guns. <laughs> So, well, I'll put you somewhere on the other side of the pond since I know people over there. Perfect. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. Um, Hey, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, this was a great interview. I think I speak for Matt when uh, this, there was a lot of good content here and your enthusiasm and passion for the shooting sports clearly comes through. Um, for those of you that are in the Quantico, Northern Virginia area, the day and night match is going to be happening in April. We will throw the practice score link up in uh, the description for this episode. Um, and then the shooting international documentary, is that readily available as well? So right now the first episode is for free on make ready TV platform. And I will be meeting with some folks next week to put the rest of the pilot season for free also on there. So there'll be, uh, there'll be, Trinidad and Colombia, both of the, those four episodes will be up for free. And then Brazil should be coming out uh, probably about February. So Brazil will be a two-part episode that, that covers uh, the last election and, and the, the big IPSC level three match that we went down and shot down there as well. 
Fantastic. Yeah, I, I'll grab the link from you and we'll throw in the description as well. But uh, Brendan, thank you for your time. This is a really great conversation. Uh, looking forward to shooting your match and uh, possibly having you on for future episodes. To our listeners, uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and let us know how we're doing. Thanks.